Hello, friendo. You know that feeling you get when you're around a good friend? There's nothing like it. It can make a bad day good and a good day great. I wanted to create a podcast that made me feel just like that. Every person has a story. And here in Friendo, we're going to celebrate them. I'm going to introduce you to fascinating people that will make us laugh, make us think, and inspire us. More than anything, this is a place where we can be ourselves. This is Friendo. Happy 2022! Now what? Time to get motivated or something, right? Right. In my case, I'm still recovering from the madness that was December, so bear with me. But if you're looking for some inspiration from a strong woman, then look no further than my guest today. Laura Mays is an Emmy-winning writer, producer, director, and the co-founder of the Mom 2.0 Summit. She's also the senior director of Unlocking Us with Brene Brown and the Dare to Lead podcasts. Over the last two decades, she has created, developed, and produced live events and shows, the curation of national art exhibits, and nationwide programs for women in media. I love seeing how the power of saying yes has impacted her life professionally. Then, in this week's favorites, I share three things that made a big impact in my life in 2021. And we're adding a segment to the podcast this year, Friendo Recommends. Life hacks, products, movies, books, you name it, all from you. So if you have something you need to share with all of us friendos, DM me on Instagram at Amanda Muse or email friendo at amandamuse.com and let's hear them. You could be featured in an upcoming episode. I'm Amanda Muse and this is Friendo. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I was just delighted to get your invitation and I think it's so cool that you're doing this and I'm I'm honored that you asked me to to have a conversation with you. So thank you so much. I'm thrilled. I'm in awe of what you do and I didn't even know half of what you did. So I'm thrilled to learn more today, but I will have already introed you and all your amazing things before we get into this part of the of the interview, but I was introduced to you because of Mom 2.0, a friend mm-hmm. of mine who had been in the industry for some time, was raving about this conference. And I had been like this little island of a creator doing my own thing. Uh, and then I attended and I was blown away by the impact of Mom 2.0. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So I'm excited to really jump into that. Um, But before we even get into it, tell me a little bit about yourself. You wear many hats. Who is Laura? What do you do do. these days? You know, I have, I I look back and I think this is nothing new, but as far as I can remember, which is maybe like first grade, I have always been someone who's I've never been diagnosed with ADHD and I don't think I actually have it, but I do in a sense of like curiosity or interest, like, I don't know, it's not even like I have a commitment problem to something. I'm just constantly curious and wanting just to do projects. I was always like the kid who was like, let's do a project and let's do this project. And I always had like all these projects going on, even as like a very young human and then I've just, I, I don't think I've really thought made that connection until fairly recently, but I'm someone who just loves creative projects. Like I love to try things 
people will be like, hey, do you want to do this? Or have you ever thought about this? Or I'll read something and be like, oh, that sounds fun. I want to do that. And so I just, I don't know if I'm like a tactile kinesthetic learner or just like experiential learner, but it's like, I want to do everything. I want to try everything. Creative communication is really interesting to me. And like, how lucky are we that we get to live at the time that we get to live in and have these different um, opportunities or outlets um, or opportunities for outlets in, in mediums in our, in our world. Like, I wish my great grandmother would have had this kind of stuff because I would love to see what she would have created. And so I just feel like we have this I don't know, embarrassment of riches for different things that we can do. And there's only so much time. And I'm just like, let's just try things and do things. And so, you know, the negative, there's positives and negatives in either side of that. And so the negative is I have had to learn how to say no to things, or I take on too many things at once, or I'm, I have too many projects going on at the same time. I mean, the, the negatives are obvious, but the positives are I'm just always learning something and I'm always just really curious and really interested in different um, in different forms of communication and different um, mediums of expression. And so you brought up mom 2.0, like we are in our year, four, like 14 years ago, Carrie Pacini, I had an idea of doing this. Carrie Pacini had an idea of doing this. We got together and she really was the one like, hey, well, let's make this happen. And we're like, yeah. And I, I mean, it was just like a fun project to take on. And um, like, who knew then that for, I mean, I had no concept that it would that we would do more than one, honestly, one mom 2.0, we really went into it as, or at least I went into it. I don't think Carrie went into it because I think she is really um, more of a strategic thinker and long-term thinker in that sort of way, in a a business development way. But I um, went into it thinking like, oh, this would be a fun thing to do. And here we are 14 years later. And it really is like, run by a delightful team. And I'm a very small part of that team. And it really has become its own thing. It has a life of its own. But that's a perfect example of like, let's put on a show. And then, you know, like, oh, now it's like a whole thing with its own personality and its own, um, you know, it really is just building a stage and having other people get up and, and, and speak their truth. And so it's been delightful to meet so many people like yourself um, over the years, just to watch them grow in their own industries and in their own ways. And so it's been a really lovely connective tissue throughout the you know last 14 years of my life and, and many others like yourself. Mom 2.0. It is, it's hard to even explain to people. I'm like, it's this conference. And they're like, really? I'm like, no, I can't even. I'm like, my favorite part <laughs> is planning my outfits. No, that's not my favorite part. My favorite part is like, you just keep going through all these magical things. It's, you say you, you play just a small part in it, but definitely they're, there is something there, this magic of supporting women. It's so powerful. You know, you mentioned you, you've you done so many different things and tried different niches here and there. Did you, were you ever a blogger? Like, how did this even come to be? I would definitely consider myself a blogger back in the day. I had started, uh, I was hired by a marketing advertising agency in 2001, pre-9-11, to... Um, start a public relations firm inside the advertising agency. So um, at that time, I had lived in Austin. I was 
born here, grew up here, um, and or around here. I grew up right outside a little town called Lockhart. And um, I then had gone to school, done a bunch of things, and worked at a bunch of different places, lived in, but I moved to Houston to take this job from Austin. And for those of you that don't know, Houston's about three hours from Austin. And um, moved there, started started this, you know, PR group within the um, advertising agency. And fast forward, um, I had my son in fall of 2005. And the agency was owned by a woman who had was a mom, had three kids, um, was a total powerhouse. And she was very generous with her maternity leave. And so I had about four months of maternity leave, which is very generous for U.S. And um and in that and and so I went home, but also I had been working some kind of job since I was about fourteen. So this was the first time in my life, even though like taking on a motherhood was like its whole other, you know, that's like a, a whole. I opened a door and there was a whole other wing in my house or whatever. It just was like. Not, I just was like, what is even happening? Like I don't know what it's like not to work all day long, but also I am working all day long, but in a totally different way. And um, it just was sort of a um, a shift for me, which I, I know a number of people have experienced it, but I was really just, no one told me that before. Like I didn't prepare for that. So I'm going to prepare for a lot of stuff. You prepare, you buy all the stuff, you get the room ready, you nest, you do all of that. But I wasn't prepared in the sense of like, movement or I wasn't prepared for the architecture of my day to change so much and the way that my, just the movement of my day, the flow. And so, um, and also I knew nothing. So I would be up, you know, in the middle of the night with this baby and Googling things. And this was 2005. And back then when you were like, how do you get a baby to sleep? How do you, if you like asked questions in the Google search, it would, all that popped up was mom blogs. Like mom blogs were so good in the um, search engine, you know, whatever, however things pop up. And so the first three pages were blogs and women who were moms um, writing about their experience of being moms. And so I just was like, oh my gosh, speaking of a whole nother room in your house, I was like, I had no idea that this whole world existed. And the only blogs I'd ever seen were like New York Times blogs or salon blogs or, you know, different things like that. And I'm like, oh, these are just like people in their homes, you know, that are just like pushing publish and they're published, like fascinating. My sister at the time lived in Boston and I lived in Houston, Boston with a B. And so um, not Austin with an A. And so I... And she's 10 years younger than I am. So I was like sending her all these pictures of my son because I was like doing nothing all day long. And I was trying to, you know, I don't know. I was taking pictures of the kid and sending him. And she was like, I love you. I want to love my nephew, but you're really annoying. Both of you are annoying right now. So could you please just start a blog? Here's how you do it. Put them up on the blog. And then like, I can look at them at my leisure. You can send it to mom. She can look at it. So my sister, 10 years younger, explained to me what to do. I did it. Uh, my best friend who lived in D.C., he had a blog. I kind of was like opening up to this whole world in this four-month period. 
And so I started one accidentally and um, I thought blogs were really cheesy. So, and I'm in from Texas, so I called it Blog Con Queso. And so I had a blog called Blog Con Queso for like, I don't know, probably eight years, something like that. And it was so interesting because I, back then, I mean, this was pre-Twitter and pre-Facebook and pre-anything other than maybe MySpace was invented. I don't even know, but like not much. And um, so we would leave comments on, uh, you'd leave a comment, someone else would leave a comment. That's how you found other, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And you find other people's blogs because they left a comment on the blog you were reading. And that's why I found these the whole group of women. So I went back to work when I went back to work which was in like January of 2006, I was like, guys, I think media is changing. Like, I think we, cause I'm working for a PR, I mean, I'm running a PR group and I'm like, I think that we have to really change our strategy. Cause a number of our clients were, wanted to target, you know, reach out to moms and we're connecting with moms. So uh, we changed our strategy to include blogging, which was very early, I think, in the whole scheme of things. So I kind of came at it from a blogger's perspective. I was a very early blogger and I met a lot of other early bloggers. Like I really think the very first person who left a comment on my blog was Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman. The second person was Gabrielle Blair, design mom. I mean, it was just like, there were like five, there were like 20 bloggers at the time. Like, there just weren't that many. And so they were, everyone was talking to everyone. It's just so fascinating to see what everyone has done over the past, you know, 16 years since then. But um, anyway, that's kind of how I got into it all and found this oh whole world. Yeah. It, I always find it so fascinating how people kind of land. Like, how did you even get here? Because this industry, this space, it's new. Like, 2001 doesn't yeah. seem that long ago, but I mean, it's not that long in terms of like what people have been up to. And mm -hmm. similarly, when people, I, I mean, when you were talking about leaving the comments and that's how you got to know people, I was having these flashbacks because on YouTube, it was very similar. I started on YouTube. You mm. would talk to other mommy YouTubers. I remember the lists coming out, the top 25 mommy YouTubers, because there were literally yes. just a handful, you know, now it's yes. like countries could populate with all these creators. So it's it's fascinating to remember to go back to those days. And uh -huh. yeah, some people, you know, just treated it like a hobby and maybe moved out of that space. But I love that you also had that experience of being in the agency and it's like, hold on, there's something happening here. There's something brewing. Like, how do we develop this and build upon it? I mean, not everybody's yeah. brain works like that. That's pretty fascinating. I mean, I came into this space about 2011. So here we are like a decade. You were in this for 10 years, you know, and when I started, people still couldn't even wrap their heads around what was happening. And it was certainly not a career. It's so fascinating how it's developed. And naturally, when you are doing something, and I really relate to that, that what you said at the top of the episode about like just loving projects and working on things. And the beauty of this industry is it is constantly changing and evolving mm -hmm. and then new little things pop up and then all of a sudden podcasting becomes a thing. And here we are talking on mine. I remember years ago starting like a tiny little um, a Facebook live thing where I would have guests come on, but they had to be local. And it's like, well, that how things have changed. Here you are sitting in Texas and I get to speak with you and share with you and one of the things I didn't even know that you did is that you are a senior director of Brene Brown's podcast. And uh, oh my gosh, pardon, 
Like, who, what the who hell? saw that coming? <laughs> no, it's so funny because um, speaking of, you know, two things I want to say is one is looking at like how much has changed. I couldn't agree with you more and how much is changing. Like it's like compound interest of change almost that it's just like getting so it like new opportunities, create new opportunities, create an opportunity. You know, it just keeps going and going. And so um, we always say like mom bloggers gave birth to the influencer movement. And I think it is so a thousand percent accurate. Like uh, from from being on the front lines of it, it's like, yeah, the moms birthed this and um, we saw it happen firsthand. And it's fascinating to see. Um, and I love that you brought up the purity element of it because it was pure and it is pure. Like I look at TikTok and some different things and I'm like, wow, there's some purity and honesty here that I haven't seen in years. Podcasting, <gasps> a great example okay. of that. Yeah. Laura, you nailed it. That is, ex- I could not figure out what I love about TikTok. That's what it is. It's like, it's, it's pure. <laughs> it's pure. There's some purity there. Absolutely. It's, it's just people doing like creating whatever art pops in their brain in that second and doing it. And it's, it's like blogging used to be. It's like, um, probably it's like what Instagram used to be like for five minutes when it first started. It's what, um, it's what podcasting is, still is. Yeah, I never thought I would ever be involved in podcasts. Like, I don't even really, like I told you at the beginning, like, this is one of the first podcasts I've done. Like, I'm not, um, I'm, I think it's so cool. And podcasting to me is like what blogging was in 2005. Well, Brene Brown and I have been friends for 15 years. We met each other in Houston when I was running, you know, the PR agency and she was a shame researcher at University of Houston. And we have mutual friends who brought us together and like at a dinner, like really we had met her at a restaurant. And um, interestingly enough, then I talked to her, I guess, summer of 2019, she mentioned that she was going to do a podcast and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And we just were talking about it throughout the year and she's asking me different things. And, and, but she had been working on it and planning it, you know, for a year and was going to launch it at South by Southwest in 2020, in March of 2020 launch it live. Like, so she'd been working her whole team, like everyone had been working on it so hard for a year at the week of the launch, you know, South by Southwest shut down, the world shut down. And so she did her first podcast in the closet of her son's, like her son's closet sitting on the floor. But she had reached out to me earlier in the year, like January or February. And she was like, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone to kind of help me with the podcast direction and help me with this. And um, I'm looking for this person. Do you know anyone through mom too, who would want to do this? And I was like, you know, let me think about it. I don't know. Maybe I don't know who I know doesn't, but what does this job even entail? And she explained it to me. And I was like, oh, it kind of sounds like what I do, actually. Like, it sounds like maybe event, if you look at someone who does content production mm-hmm. or guest management, I do a lot of guest management through the, an event. And, you know, someone who might have that skill set might be really good at this. After the pandemic happened in March of 2020, like we were having an event in May, like we were six weeks out for an event. We was totally planned. We were ready to go. It was going to be in Los Angeles. And um, then of course we shut down, the whole world shut down. 
And so I was like, okay, well, we're not doing an event this year. Uh, what am I going to do? And Brene called me and she's like, okay, I know you're going to say no to this, but is there any way you would be the director of my podcast? And I was like, um, sure. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> but it's I never, time is freed up. Yeah. That just was never on my list of things to do, which is kind of the magic I was talking about earlier. Just being open to interesting creative projects and saying yes. And I know, I know a lot of times as women, we say yes too much. We have to say no more, all of that. But I'm, I don't know. There was something really magical about just saying yes and saying like, yeah, I'll, I'll try that, you know, and and being honest with it up front with her. Like, I've never done this before. I know barely, I just don't know much about podcasts. Um, I've listened to some, but not even that many, to be honest with you. And, but I know content development. I know creative mm-hmm. production. I know guest management. I know how to ask the right questions. I know what's in, you know, I know how to develop a story because I've been doing that for my whole life. Like I can't even remember not knowing I did that in middle school. Okay. There's a couple things. One, I love Renee. <laughs> Didn't know how much I loved her till you had her at the mom Two summit being exposed to that magic. And, you know, I know you know, Mom Two Summit. I love to talk about it. Sometimes the only time as a creator you get to see these other people in real time. And, you know, some of us are introverts, but I'm not. And I have always said, like, you know, working for yourself is great. You have to self-motivate. There's all these wonderful things, but shit, you don't get to see anybody. And this is that opportunity. It's like that big bash annually. You get to share and you get to that next level with people. You're not explaining what you do or how you do it. They already know you're getting to the good stuff like right away. I've seen so many people kind of fade away and it breaks my heart a bit because I'm like, damn, you had such a great story to tell. There could have been more opportunity. But I do also have to give credit where there is this element of like, you have to find people that are willing to support you and uplift you and fan your flames, right? Instead of not understanding what you do. Like I've noticed lately, if I'm in a conversation where I feel I have to defend what I do because you don't understand my industry, that's not my fault. Like it's not, that's not my issue. It's like, I'm not going to doubt myself because you don't get it. I'm going to find my people And Mom 2.0 Summit is a place where you can find your people. And I'm really grateful for that. So if no one's told you today or this week, like you you do amazing stuff and you bring incredible people together. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for all you do. And thanks for this cool podcast. And thanks for having me on it. I really appreciate the time. I'm excited. This is the first installment of Friendo Recommends. These are recommendations from you, audience members, people who are my friendos. You are going to share with me something that's made your life a little happier. And this week, this is coming from Tara. So it could be Tara because there's two R's. Mm. Anyway, she provided me three, which I love. So if you have a recommendation, by the way, as I said in the intro, DM me on Instagram, email me, friendo at amandamuse.com. Tell me what you're loving and why, and we'll share it. It can be one thing. It can be three things, whatever. And I can, uh, I'll add it to an episode, an upcoming episode. So Tara, here's what she's got. She's got three things for us, a book, a drink, and a show. 
my type of human. The first one is a book called Cultish. I actually just screenshot this book and added it to my Goodreads list of want to read. It is highly recommended. In fact, let's look it up together and figure out what this book is about. Cultish, the language of fanaticism. I don't know if I'm saying that word properly, but we're going to go with it. The author of the widely praised word sled analyzes the social science of cult influence, how cultish groups from Jonestown and Scientology to Soul Cycle and social media gurus use language as the ultimate form of power. What makes cults so intriguing and frightening? What makes them powerful? <laughs> By Amanda Montel. So yes, I read about this on Goodreads. It's been given a 4.2 out of 5 rating on Goodreads. This sounds hella good. Like um, there may have been one of these gurus uh, who was recently taken down who oddly enough, I can't even remember her name, but she went off about a nanny and some toilet cleaning. If you know, you know. So, or the maybe that was the maid. I can't remember how she referenced her, but it wasn't good. But I'm fascinated by this because I don't get it. I don't love that cultish stuff. Um, But I'm very curious. Okay. So thank you for that recommendation. The second thing she recommends is from Tazo, which is a tea and it seems like tea and coffee company. And this is the classic chai mix. So I Googled this and I'm really curious because I would like to try it. It seems like there's two things happening. There's the classic chai tea, but then there's this classic chai tea latte concentrate. So I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm very curious. I do love a good chai latte. So I'll have to keep my eye out for that when I'm in the store. And the last one on the list is a show which I watched and it's awesome. It is Only Murders in the Building. That is such a good show. Although I got to say, Tara, if you're listening, um, did you like the ending? I'm not going to give anything away, but I just finished the last episode because I realized that we had watched all of the episodes except for the last one. And I watched it. I was a little bit disappointed. Like, what the heck? So we'll just have to wait for season two, but it does leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger, a little bit annoying, but it's well done. So good to see Steve Martin, Martin Short, And Selena Gomez, like you wouldn't think that that trio would work, but it does. And the fact that the show starts about their love of a true crime podcast, I mean, you had me at hello. You know what I mean? It was awesome. Well, thank you for this first Friendo Recommends. I love this. I now am definitely going to be adding Cultish to my next read. So thanks, Tara. All right, guys, you know what to do. Send me your recommendations and you could be included in the next episode. Hey, hey, coming at you with some favorites. We are going to talk about three things that made a big impact on my life that I started to implement in 2021 and that I will continue to carry with me in the new year. Let's just get right down to it. Okay. Number one is pretty fitting because here we were talking to Laura Mays and she was sharing all of this, you know, this power behind saying yes to things and what can come from that. But I think on the flip side, there's also the power of knowing when to say no, knowing when to set a boundary. And for me, that can be as simple as knowing when to say no to a girl's night, to a night out with friends, to a weekend of family visiting or heading out to see my family elsewhere. Not that I've ever said no to them per se, because I tend to be the planner 
Do I invite myself? Occasionally. But you know, knowing when I'm adding a little too much to my plate and it's overwhelming me, or I know that I'm going to be seriously burnt out at the end of that commitment, it's okay to say no. This is really hard for me because I suffer from FOMO to the power of 10. FOMO stands for fear of missing out. I seriously have it. I've had it since forever. Like I couldn't even take naps as a kid because I just didn't want to miss out. I wanted to always be part of the fun. So it's something I'm learning about myself and I will continue to carry this with me in the new year. The second one is trying new things and trying not to overthink it. The first thing that pops into my mind is TikTok or Instagram reels. Like, have fun with it, Amanda. You don't need to overthink it. Um, You've probably seen a lot of your favorite creators either making those short form videos or talking about how they don't want to make them, (laughs) right? Uh, But it's pretty fun. It's just something new and new things tend to freak people out. I'm I'm no different than anyone else. And I was a little overwhelmed with how to even begin. But now I'm realizing like, don't overthink it. Just try it. Have some fun with it. If you listen to last week's episode, one of my goals for this new year is to actually create a TikTok every day. I'm, I think I'm doing it. Like I'm trying my best, you know, just having some fun with it. And it's just try new things. Don't overthink it. It's not so serious. Have a little fun. Oh, and kind of like an add-on with that one is that I've actually made a couple of new friends in the last year. And that can be really hard to do as you get older. You kind of feel like, oh, I've reached my quota. Like, I don't need any more people in my life or something. But it's really fun to meet new people. And I've met a few new creators. And it's exciting to bounce stuff off of them and, you know, just connect um, professionally. And I, I think it's awesome. Like, be open to it. And that's sort of the advice I'm giving myself is to stay open. I can sometimes put my head down and just work, 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 but life is going on. Life is happening right now. We're living. Try to find those moments where, you know, you try something new, you have lunch with a new friend, like have some fun. New is not always bad. And the last thing that I've definitely learned about myself in 2021 is that my body is not a robot. I am not a machine and there may be messages it is trying to tell me and that uh, I might not always want to hear that message, but I need to start listening. It's becoming more apparent just with every passing year how to be in tune with my body. And I would say over the last year, you know, I, I shared with you guys how I started taking an antidepressant about midway through the year and it's changed my life for the better. My body was showing signs of duress, essentially, right? I was having panic attacks on the regular. In mid-December, I was having breathing issues. Like, I couldn't catch my breath because I was feeling so much stress. And that's a concern, you know? And so when I, for me, when I realized that my body is not a robot, that it needs some attention, sometimes that attention is rest. Sometimes that attention is social interaction, movement, you know, If you listen, you will figure out what you need. And I find that being able to pay attention to myself, to stop and listen to what I actually need physically has made a huge impact on me, whether it's sleep. You know, last week I was talking about a goal of a healthy sleep routine. 
super important. You know, these things we can sometimes overlook when we're wearing so many hats and have so many responsibilities, and I get it. But sometimes just stopping and listening has a huge impact. Those are my three things for the week. I thank you for the Friendo Recommends. It's so fun to hear what you guys recommend to your friends and loved ones that we can just get a little, you know, a little insight on. So we so appreciate it. So thank you for listening and I'll catch you next week with a brand new episode. Friendo is produced by Amanda Muse with producer Dila Velasquez. Audio editing by Ali Ashbacker and Amanda Muse. Production and sound design by Rob Johnson. Can I ask a little favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend? It's the best way to help get Friendo into new ears. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find me on Instagram daily at Amanda Muse, YouTube for weekly videos at Amanda Muse, and TikTok for some laughs at Muse Amanda. Thank you for listening and join me next week.